stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So if we really want the, the sector to continue this rebound, continue this recovery, you know, a lack of manpower could, could hold that back. So joining us to talk a bit more about how acute the problem is and, and maybe what can be done to address it. Very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon, Mark Schultz, president and CEO of the Canadian Association of Energy Contractors. Mark, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Afternoon, Rob. First of all, in terms of the overall outlook for this year and, and, you know, what the drilling forecasts are, what we're expecting in terms of investment and then maybe by extension job growth. I mean, are we, are we expecting a real positive year? Well, we are. Um, it's, uh, I think one of my members uh, kind of described it as controlled whiplash was, uh, was the best kind of uh, right. descriptor of, of what we're experiencing right now. I mean, we came out with uh, our usual drilling forecast back in November and it was it was. I don't think it was until um, December we almost threw out our forecast that we we put out to the public and industry markets, and uh, we're easily trailing about twenty five, thirty percent higher than what we thought we were going to be in uh, in November. So it's a good news uh, story, certainly yeah. for kind of the the Western Canadian economy, the Canadian economy in general, the energy sector. Um, but that uh, presents some obviously some challenges. Uh, bad in uh, being labor right so how how cute is the problem right now what, what are you hearing from members what's your assessment well it is certainly I, I think we started to feel the pressures of the labor constraints in the middle of 2021 as the industry kind of started to recovery from uh, recover from covid mm-hmm. um, most companies in the energy services sector have all indicated some level of uh, labor supply shortages um, but, you know, the one thing that, you know, you have to keep in mind is, I mean, we are, uh, this is a boom and bust sector. We all know that. But we really haven't experienced uh, the downturn that we experienced the last kind of seven years beginning in 20, end of 2014-15. Yeah. So it's been a long, this has been a long um, duration for any sort of bust that anyone in the industry can really has experienced, whether you're, you're seasoned and you're, you've been in the industry for a long time or you're, you know, like, uh, you know, relatively new. I guess I've been in the industry 10 years. This would be the longest downturn I've ever experienced. Yeah. So it, it, it has created a, a disruption in the labor force. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, many of our um, senior folks and, and other individuals that were part of the industry seven years ago, I mean, there's only so long that you can you can hold out, particularly if you're if you work in the field and, your wage is based on activity. And so if you, your rig is not working, um, you need to figure out how you're going to be uh, able to provide for your family. And, you know, during the seven years, there were some creative tools that were used. I mean, there was kind of job sharing. They rotated crews more often, and they tried to keep their most senior people engaged as best they, best they could. But, you know, seven years is a long time, and, and uh, you know, people in many cases had to choose other career paths um, uh, to provide for their family, unfortunately. Well, yeah, so there's some people have moved on to other careers, and I suppose, you know, even geographically people have moved on. The, the folks who might have come to Alberta uh, to work in, in oil and gas, you know, maybe they, they've moved back to other parts of the country. Is that part of it? Well, I mean, that's that's one of the amazing uh, stories of the energy sector, the diversity of our workforce, oh, yeah. um, uh, it, particularly from a geographical perspective. I mean, we would we have 
folks in Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, Central Canada, Quebec, Ontario, I mean, all across uh, the entire country um, that came to Western Canada because they they knew that if you worked hard, there were opportunities in the energy sector and you could make a lot of money and provide for your family. And so that was enticing for, for many, many folks. But unfortunately, through the energy recession, those types of opportunities um, were, were limited and uh, many went back to uh, you know, b- back home to where where they came from, um, and tried to uh, tried to make a uh, a lifestyle adjustment. And I mean, that's one of the challenges actually we're finding right now is that the industry. Um, it I mean, it, it, it is it's it's hard work, and it's um, you're working in the elements. You're working in minus forty uh, degree weather all the way to plus thirty. Um, you know, you're you're working away from your family. You do get compensated well for it, but there certainly is a lifestyle uh, lifestyle sacrifice, a, a work-life balance sacrifice that um, you know many people were not willing to entertain again, or they found jobs in town, or they were working in construction, or you know home construction, road construction, and you're able to be home every day. And that's one of the things that we're actually starting to see companies trying to pivot and adapt is we have a new generation of workers that are saying, look, I, I, I do want to work in the industry, but I want to have a routine schedule. I want to be, uh, I want, you know, vacation, you know, I want to, um, you know, have a work-life balance and spend time with my family. These were challenges that the industry didn't have to really deal with because the types of individuals that were attracted to the industry, they were comfortable with working long hours away from their family uh, for long durations. And that was just part part of the culture. Companies now are having to adapt differently because there's a new generation that are demanding different things from their employers and it's happening in the oil and gas industry. I, I think that's a good thing because I think well, sure. I think everyone knows from just you know a mental health perspective, work-life balance, spending time with loved ones, family, and, and spending time away from work is a good thing and healthy. It's just not something the industry has been, I guess, wired to to accommodate. That's yeah, an interesting point. And so the, there is that pivot. And I suppose in, when you got circumstances like this, especially for those who have a lot of experience in the industry, I mean, it it does give those workers some some leverage, doesn't it? Well, it certainly does, particularly on the bottom end, entry level positions. And so, you know, I was talking to one of my members uh, this morning uh, about some of the experiences that they're having, and they are in fact putting many of their senior um, senior rig managers, uh, drillers, uh, through various leadership training, um, learning how to kind of get into, um, have a better understanding of uh, emotional quotient, EQ, and, you know, how to lead people better from, you know, getting those soft skills <clears throat> in place as opposed to just focusing uh, solely on kind of the, um, the technical skills. Um, these are real... Uh, issues and and the other the other piece is really creating mentorship programs. Um, you know, in off in, in, you know the industry in I'd say fifteen twenty years ago it was very much kind of here's here's kind of the basic training um, sink or swim, um, and that's just not the case anymore. It, it very much is um, it's building the, those relationships with your with your new workers, mentoring them along. Um, creating an environment where they can ask questions and, and develop their competencies at their speed. These are 
these are kind of the the changing scope of the the work culture that the industry is beginning to pivot and um, and embrace because you're right if you can't attract talent uh, we're going to have a, we're going to have some serious challenges down the road because it takes i mean a, a green hand that enters into our business it is going to take a minimum of 3 to 4 years to graduate that individual up to higher levels of seniority uh, and up to say like a driller or a rig manager uh, on on a um, on a rig that's a long time so when you think about the demands that we're having right now saying hey can we increase production here we we're, we're having you know supply shortages in in Canada as well as around the world let's increase our production you just can't accommodate that request when you don't have the people um, to uh, to be able to complement um, and, and to drill for new product. And that's the thing, right? Because, you know, those those with skill and experience, that's valuable right now. But I mean, it, you know, it, it might seem to some people like, okay, we've got on the one hand a job shortage in this or worker shortage in this industry. On the other hand, you know, unemployment's still at just under 7% in Alberta. There are a lot of Albertans who don't have jobs or are looking for jobs. But that's not necessarily uh, a, an easy an easy match there in order to to find the right people for the right jobs. But is there is there something that can be done to make that uh, an easier transition for those that are working for looking for work who haven't worked in the industry before to maybe fill some of those jobs? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things. Like one is, I mean, I think it's very much like a lot of people ask me, well, I want to get a job in the oil oil patch. What sort of training? What what do yeah. I need? Um, to be successful. And to be honest with you, it really is about attitude. Um, you know, do you have a good attitude and are you willing to work hard? And secondly, are you, are you willing to work outside in varying degrees of, uh, of climate? And that means, you know, in Q1, when it's our busiest time, you're going to be out working in, you know, minus 35, minus 40. The rig doesn't shut down. That's, that's our bread and butter month or mm-hmm. a quarter. And so we're working during that period of time. So I think the a- attitude is number one. Secondly, is I think, just really understanding, I think, what you're getting yourself into. And again, it's a very rewarding industry, but again, it's not for everyone. And, you know, like, you know, you're, you are working outside. It's, you know, it's tough work. If that is something that, um, you know, you're kind of uh, ingrained into your kind of um, uh, career is that where you want to pursue, uh, that's great. And you're going to be successful. But I think just really understanding, um, you know, go onto YouTube and and uh, and take a look at some videos of of um, you know a, a drilling operation and and just to kind of be more aware of what you're getting yourself into. The the second piece I think is is around communication, um, and I think the industry obviously needs to do a much better job with communicating the opportunities. I think in the sector, but it also involves kind of the the influencers within society that have a responsibility to share. I think the good news story about our industry. And really should know better. And I would say, you know, when we hear the rhetoric, I think, from from our political leadership, um, and they say that, you know, this industry is a sunset industry, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's the, uh, you know, it's not doing its uh, you no know, good job when it comes to climate emissions. These things are just patently false, but they create a narrative for our young people that says it's not an industry worth exploring or worth kind of pursuing because it you know might not be around you know in the next you know five to seven years, this is nonsense. But the reality is, we need to be able to speak boldly about the opportunities in our sector, talk about our sector in a very positive way about being 
you know, the top performers on any sort of ESG uh, grading points around the globe. And on top of that, uh, a part of the decarbonization efforts and energy evolution that's taking place in society and in our industry. Um, my, you know, my members as drilling rig contractors, they, they, the product that they drill for, they're agnostic to the product they drill for. It just so happens that 95% of the work we do is in oil and gas. But we're drilling for lithium. We're drilling for potash. We're drilling for carbon capture. We're drilling for, you know, obviously natural gas, which is going to be the feedstock to our new hydrogen uh, industries. Um, you know, we're drilling for um, geothermal. All of these things are going to be part of our new energy system, and we need to make sure we have the talent to be able to drive us to those new systems, um, you know, over, over time. That's such an important point. Mark, we'll leave it there. Appreciate your insight, and uh, thanks for making some time for us here today. Much appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate All the best. It. Uh, that's Mark Schulz uh, with the uh, Canadian Association of Energy Contractors, C-A-O-D-C.ca is their website. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.